Are you ready for common sense retirement planning advice? Tired of the noise coming out of mainstream financial media that doesn't always have your best interest at heart? Looking for someone who will answer the tough questions that applies to your money? Well, welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. It's great to have you with us today. Whether it's your drive to work or your exercising or just killing some time alone, we appreciate you having with us, being along with you. I hope everything is going well during these times. It's certainly very challenging. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about three items that I find I often have conversations with with existing clients and plan participants on the 401k plans. We're going to go over Talk a little bit about do downturns during a year actually mean that the year is going to be a negative year? We're going to talk a little bit about bear and bull markets, how many there have been, and all good information about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about the need for diversification and why you should have global stocks in some of your portfolio. But before we jump into that, I want to make the lawyers happy. Just to let you know, because you're listening to this podcast, doesn't mean that you and I have a planner-client relationship. More than likely, we do not. It does not form a relationship. If you would like more guidance on information or services, you can find that at our website, plantoretire.com, and all of our appropriate disclosures. Secondly, as a lot of the information we have today is from one of our partners in business, Dimensional Fund Advisors. And we're going to have three PDFs down in descriptions that will have a lot of this content. And I encourage you to review those PDFs, especially on page two for the appropriate disclosures, because any investments that we talk about today are purely for illustrative purposes. It's not a recommendation for you to buy and sell any particular security. And you should always, before you invest or send money, read a prospectus. And of course, past results are not necessarily indicative of future returns. So now we got all that out of the way. Let's first talk about do downturns lead to down years? And what I mean by that is during a calendar year, if we lost money during a period of time in our accounts, does that mean the rest of the year is going to be down? Does that mean I need to sell my investments and get out now? Well, not necessarily the case. If we look over the last 20 years, there's been 16 times that we've had positive returns in years where there's been some sort of downturn, and those intra-year declines have ranged anywhere from 3% to 49%. Let's take last year as an example. Go back about a year ago from recording this broadcast, I'd be back to like April of last year. Stocks were down 35% as measured by the S&P 500. And remember, the S&P 500 is the 500 largest stocks in the country. So stocks were down 35% very quickly from a reaction to the COVID crisis, but we ended up the year up 21%. So even though we were down 35% for that short period of time, we ended up the year up. So another example is let's take 2006. 2006, we had an 8% loss in stocks during the year, but the year we ended up being up 16%. Another big example is 2013. During the calendar year of 2013, stocks dropped 6%, but yet the year we ended up 34% positive. So again, just because you have a negative stock return for whether it's a month, three months, or four months, it doesn't necessarily indicate that that year you're going to be losing stocks. You simply can't say, oh, I've lost money. I need to sell now and get out. Many times, in fact, it's actually the opposite that is true. So hopefully you find that information useful. Second thing we're going to talk about is 
bull and bear markets and how many bear and bull markets there are. And let's first define those. A bull market is when stocks have gained at least 20% during a period of time. A bear market is when stocks have lost 20% during a particular period of time. If we go all the way back to January of 1926, all the way through March of last year, we have a tremendous amount of data, 90-some years worth of data. And what we found is there's been 17 bear markets as defined by that 20% loss in a given period. So it's been 17 years that we had a bear market. The rest of the time, the markets were non-bear markets. They were bull markets or either flat market. But some of these bear markets, it's kind of interesting. The declines have ranged anywhere from negative 21% to negative 80%. But the average bear market tends to last about 10 months. Now, let's flip that and talk about the bull markets. There's been 17 bull markets as well. And what's interesting is, those average length in time are 56 months in length. So the bear market, much shorter. Bull market, much longer, 56 months. And that range of returns during a bear market of negative 21% and negative 80%, compare that to the average bull market where the range of return is a plus 21 or plus 936%. Yeah, you heard me right, 936%. That was the bull market that came out of post-World War II and ran after World War II to the early 60s. That bull market was 181 months long, many, many years. Let's take an example of the most recent bull market that we completed. That was 131 months with an average return or cumulative return of 529%. So if you hear a talking head or a pundit in the media tell you that just because this bull market is up X percent means we're due for a collapse. That's not necessarily the case. When I look at the chart, and again, these PDFs are in the show notes, and this would be the second PDF, you can see very graphically that there are several distinctive bull markets. And the one we just came through, though, was pretty high. There were several other bull markets that were actually stronger in longer period in time than the one that we just currently went through. So find that interesting that the bull markets tend to last much longer than your typical bear market. So give you some credence to hang on during these difficult times because in many times, most times there are better times ahead and the better times are a lot better than the bad times. <laughs> now, the third item, let's talk a little bit about global diversification. So global diversification is an example. You know the old adage, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. And when I mean a diversified portfolio should have stocks, bonds, cash investments, should have potentially real estate, commodities, maybe a place for cryptocurrencies in there. Your typical portfolio today should be well-rounded and well-diversified. shouldn't really be over-concentrated in one particular area. We tend to see, I see really three typical examples when we talk to prospective clients or plan participants in 401k plans, when we look at their existing account, I tend to see one of three things. One, I see over a strong over-reliance on stocks. You have somebody who will maybe be elderly, and they'll have 80 to 90% of their funds in U.S. stocks. Most people at that age, it's a rare person that can actually tolerate that kind of volatility, but it's not unusual to see that. Second thing I'll see is the exact opposite. Somebody who has no stocks, all cash, all 100% bonds. They've missed out completely on the last bull market, and now maybe they're considering jumping in, which is kind of the scary positions when you're in a market top, potentially. 
Third thing we see is people who maybe have a pretty well-diversified portfolio. I mean, you see some of these account statements, somebody has 10, 12, 15 mutual funds, and they think they're diversified. But interesting enough is a very small percentage are almost non-existent investment in international stocks. And one of the questions we pose to them, we have this conversation, is what percentage of all the world's U.S. stocks do you think are domiciled in the United States? And it's interesting to hear the range of the percentage, and it's almost always way off. Well, the actual percentage of, you take all the world's stocks and say, what percentage is domiciled in the U.S.? It's 57%. Now, that's measured by value of companies. So if you take all the value of all the publicly traded companies in the world, what percentage of that value is tied up domestically in the United States? Well, it's 57%. Pretty high amount. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that you should have 43% of your money invested in international stocks, but somewhere there needs to be a balance in there to have some presence of international stocks. And you want to be careful how you gauge looking at where I want to spend my money around. Let's take an example. Sometimes people look at it and say, well, let's just base it on geography. And two examples would be Japan. Japan is a very small country on geographic basis, but it's 7%, which is, believe it or not, outside the United States, 7% is a pretty high value percentage of the world's stock markets. And if you excluded Japan simply because you said it was too small of a country geographically, you'd be missing out on companies like Toyota and Sony, two very large, powerful multinational corporations. Another example is Switzerland. Switzerland's a very small percentage, not only geographically, but not necessarily in value in the international market. But Switzerland has not only Nestle, but two of the world's largest biopharmaceutical companies. So you would miss out on really some potential growth there by excluding a country like Switzerland. So when you think about these things, you want to make sure you're globally diversified across a broad range of stocks. Not only do you want to be invested in U.S., you want to be invested in international. Not only do you want to be invested in growth stocks, but you want to have value stocks as well. Not only do you want to have large stocks, but you should have firms that are small and medium size as well. Interesting thing as well about this, you know, you have two types of international stocks. You have what's called developed, which would be your countries like the United Kingdom, Japan, France, that are countries that are relatively old countries and are fully developed in their economy. And then you have what's called emerging markets, countries such as Brazil, Taiwan, Korea, China. Those are countries that are, quote, up and coming, you know, countries who are developing their global economies. There's 3,655 publicly traded domestic U.S. companies. Emerging markets have over 8,716 companies. For a very small percentage, less than 14% about of the world's total stock market value, they have over 8,700 publicly traded companies. Now, that's amazing if you think about it, but what I think that leads to is what a potential for innovation. What kind of new products and services do you think are being developed in these emerging markets simply because of the large amount of companies that are actually traded? So again, keep that in mind. Third point today is when you're going to be diversified, make sure you're diversified not only across different asset classes, but within a particular type of asset like stocks, that you're diversified across a broad spectrum. International, growth, value, small, medium, large. 
all of the above. You want to have a nice slice in each of those. Now, that's it for today's Plan to Retire podcast. Hopefully, you gained some good knowledge from this today. We're always looking for new content and get you things out there for your commute or for your exercise session. So if you have some ideas or you have a comment or any suggestions, you can always reach out to us at podcast at plan to retire.com. That's podcast at the number two plan to retire.com. And as we always say, if you're not doing the planning, I mean, somebody's doing the planning for you. Thank you for tuning into the plan to retire podcast. Head on over to plan2retire.com. That's the number two. So plan the number two retire.com to learn more, schedule a no obligation introductory phone call, or to subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll see you next time on the Plan to Retire podcast.